the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The mystery of human life is the inescapable both andness of our nature. It gets expressed in various ways. St. Paul in Romans 7 laments that he cannot do what he wants and does what he does not want. The rule of St. Benedict inspires and motivates the monk toward the heights of moral goodness and maturity in humility, while at the same time, much of the text is about what to do when the inevitable faults and conflicts occur. Luther says that we are simultaneously justified and sinners. One of my favorite sayings attributed to St. John of the Cross is, God has so ordained things that we grow in grace only through the frail instrumentality of one another. Therapists and spiritual directors may use the language of conscious as unconscious to remind us that we do not know everything about ourselves. And we often react out of fear to old patterns and wounds. All of these voices are saying the same thing, which is that we are thrust into dealing with the discrepancy between who we want to be or think ourselves to be and who we actually are. The tension between our justification and our sin, our vow and our imperfection is unbearable to our egos. This is why we are so prone to repressing or projecting these rejected qualities within us we do not want to acknowledge. To just ignore our imperfection or blame someone else brings some relief for a moment. The splitting is tempting but goes against the deeper spiritual desire for union and wholeness. Even within our resistance to the truth, we long to be able to accept God's acceptance of us and to know in every part of our being the healing mercy of Christ. The witness and example of saints like the apostles Peter and Paul is valuable in that we can watch this reality lived out in the text. Peter and Paul, both complex, passionate, and driven men, are presented to us, and in Paul's case, in his own self-description, in all their technicolor imperfection and their giftedness. The purpose of including Peter's impulsive reactivity and then his denial of Jesus on the night of Monday Thursday and Paul's history of having arrested and persecuted Christians before the road to Damascus vision is to heighten our own sense of the wonder of the power of God within and through these frail instruments. Peter's call to follow Jesus does not immune him 
from his own fear, but takes him further into it. Paul's Christian hunting does not disqualify him from being an apostle, but prepares him to identify with the least and lost. These lowest points in their lives, when they know in graphic and undeniable ways their capacity and the effect of their own harm and evil, become the entry points into lives lived in embodied witness to the reality of mercy and forgiveness. In their respective crises, they came to the end of themselves, the end of their understanding of how the world worked, what was true, where to find purpose and meaning, how to use power, and discovered in that vulnerable place when going back was impossible and moving forward was unimaginable, the tenderness of Christ, who not only was present and forgiving, but desired to send these very frail and humbled men out into the world to proclaim the good news. We are witnesses too, and participants in the kingdom of God, turning the world upside down in the change of heart in both of these saints. They are delivered out of the world of strength as force and violence into the kingdom where true strength is love, true force is humility, and their greatest suffering, the confrontation with their own rebellion against the love of Christ, when they may have thought them of themselves as God-forsaken and rejected, abandoned, they actually met in that exact moment the Christ who was patiently waiting to heal them. They could have opened to that healing before their crises, perhaps. But for the stubborn and willful among us, sometimes we have to hit the weeping and blindness moments before we get the message. The Lord is doing something like this when he and Peter meet on the beach after the resurrection. In these four famous words, do you love me, Jesus acknowledges the pain and failure of his denial, offers forgiveness and healing, and points the way toward the rest of Peter's life and his death. In this question, he is bringing Peter into the present, into the power of his choice, and into personal, intimate relationship with the very Jesus whom he had denied and yet who still loves him. Peter and Paul shed light on the nature of our vocation to be frail instruments who are never beyond the potential to fail, continually invited to place ourselves in God's hands. The monastic call is a call to witness with our whole lives, with all that we think and say and do, 
to the glory of Christ present and moving, sometimes groaning within us. Peter and Paul are faithful and holy martyrs in lives lived in receptivity to God's compassion, even in death, because they knew that compassion in the humility and vulnerability of their sin was the entry point into life. As much joy and contentment as we discover in our monastic vocations, each of us has had moments or periods of crisis when we wondered whether we could say yes to what was being asked of us by God and the community, whether this was really God's call or what we desired. These crises are bound to come and are a natural part of the unmasking of our false self and our offering of our frailty to God. Within the regular routine, when it is easy for the process of conversion to idle, a crisis can, by God's grace and power, rattle us out of complacency and reorient us toward what is true and real, sometimes in a way that nothing else can. I know for me, and perhaps for some of you, it was within the times of being broken open, of being stripped of our defenses and strategies for avoiding, that a more authentic self has emerged, a deeper offering of ourselves in martyrdom to God. Life in God will lead us to the end of ourselves, the place we least want to go, but the place we must face if our self-gift is to be total. Our pain, then, is not the absence of God, but the invitation into martyrdom, into a life of witness to God's beauty and glory, which meets us in our frail instrumentality. Amen.